0: Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. a little bit parched. All right, so who remembers, who remembers for the sake of Tori, because she hasn't been here, this is her first time, so who remembers what we've been talking about? Who can tell Tori what we've been talking about? We've been talking about the, Bible. the Bible. We always talk about the Bible. Yeah, spiritual warfare. Point and stare. Spiritual warfare. We've been talking about spiritual warfare. Now who can tell us a general idea of what is spiritual warfare? What is that? What is that? Zoe. Thanks, bud. There you go. That's a that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, your worldview, the worldview of the Bible, what God tells us, how we're to live and how we're to behave. Opposed to the world, what the world signals to us. So we're, we're yeah. That, there's a, there's a, a warfare going on right there. Absolutely, with what we believe and how we walk out that belief. What else? What's another way to put spiritual warfare? Is spiritual warfare something we can see? No, it's not. It's a battle that it's unseen. The Bible says it is a battle in the unseen realm. All right. So we've got. We've got the Bible says principalities and powers, we've got spirits. As goofy as that sounds, they're 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 duking it out, they're battling. And uh, we are right, we are caught right in the middle, okay? And just to show you how right in the middle we are caught, who can tell me what makes up the human being? There's three parts we've talked about. What makes up the human being? Johnny. Well, we've mentioned it. We've mentioned it before numerous times. There's three parts to the human being. What makes us up? No, I'm not talking about biology. Zoe? Whoa, whoa, what was that? Mind, body, and spirit. So we've got a body, our physical body, which is our five senses. This is how we interact with our physical world, right? So you can see my body, okay? This is how we interact with the physical, natural world, right? Our spirits, which when you are born again, when you receive the free gift of salvation, our spirits are recreated, okay? Our spirits are something you can't see right our spirits are what communicate with God when we pray when we worship when we spend time in the uh, in the word of God our spirits are what's being edified built up strengthened right so we've got the natural we've got our body and we've got the spiritual our spirits we are spirit beings when we die our bodies die our spirits live on forever okay now what's caught in the middle our minds right our spirit tries to communicate through us when you when we talk about you know i just man i just don't have a good feeling about this i don't you know i feel like god's telling me not to go this direction or not to make this move or not to have a relationship with this person or, or whatever the case is we're getting this unction this feeling this is our this is the god through our spirit trying to speak to us trying to point us in the right direction trying to guide us okay but our mind says or excuse me our flesh our body says oh but man it would feel good to, to do that to drink that to go there to just be with this person and that would, feel, that would feel really good. And it's not that big of a deal, right? So we've got these two opposing sides battling it out. And that's why the battlefield of the mind, as the phrase is coined, is such a big deal. Because these are the decisions that we make. These are the choices that we make. Some of these choices can impact our lives in a big, big way. So this is what we've been talking about over the past several weeks. And some of the things that we've been talking about, you know, have been relatively... Um, not innocuous, relatively safe. We've talked about stuff like doubts and depression and um, accusations that come against us, things that the enemy tries to throw against us, You know, which this is stuff we all typically deal with, uh, so it's not not something that we don't know about. Maybe some of you didn't understand where it was coming from, and now you have a better idea of where those things come from, doubts and and things like that, doubts and fears. So we understand that, that there's a spiritual aspect to it. But I'm gonna real quick, just for sake of review, I'm gonna go over some of the things that we've talked about so far in this series. Four facts, four points that you need to know. So make mental note of this or, Keely, taking notes, kudos, girl. Anybody else taking notes? Johnny, you taking notes? Like legit notes? Sweet. You guys show me your notes after service and I will buy you a snack. Deal, all right. Facts that you need to know that we've been going over the last several weeks. Are you ready? Number one. God has defeated Satan and his agenda. He has delivered us from the penalty of sin and the power of sin, and ultimately will deliver us from the very presence of sin. Until then, we are involved in a guerrilla warfare with demonic forces. Now, this sounds hocus-pocus, movie kind of stuff, you know, demonic forces, whatever. It's legit. We see it in the Word of God. We see the effects of these things, not only in the Word of God with some of the things that Jesus dealt with and his his disciples dealt with, but we see it in the world around us. There are some things going on in this world that literally can have no other origin but demonic, horrible evil, okay? There are so many things that go on in this world, you can see it in the news. You're just like, okay, who would do something like that? I can tell you exactly what what influenced them to do that, okay? Okay. So this is guerrilla warfare, this is not This is not uh, civility, this is not gentlemanly warfare, where I shoot, then you shoot, then I shoot, then you, no, this is like, this is down and dirty guerrilla warfare that we are involved in here, and it's for a war for our very souls. Number two, point number two, as believers we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness, which is where we were born, we were born into sin, we were from the kingdom of darkness, but we have been transferred because of what Jesus did transferred to the kingdom of light with all the rights and privileges and position of being a child of God. Now, that is huge. All right? We were adopted. The Bible says we are adopted into the kingdom of God. So when you are adopted, what happens when you get adopted? If you're adopted, you what? You take on the last name of your adoptive parents. You take on their whatever they give. They give you a, 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 they give you a bedroom. They give you food. They give you everything that, is, that belongs to their children. is now yours, because you've been adopted into that family. That's a big, big deal. When we are adopted into the kingdom of God, into the family of God, we have all the rights and privileges of Jesus Christ himself, because he gave them to us. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? We get all the rights and privileges of a child of God, because we've been transferred into that family. We've been adopted into that family. Okay, number three. Our spiritual battle involved a uh, battle involves a responsibility on our part to put on the spiritual protection that God has provided for us. What's that spiritual protection? We've talked about it over the last few weeks. Spiritual armor, right? We can resist the enemy's attempts to deceive, accuse, cast out, when we excuse me, when we stand firm against him by, all right, now these are three subpoints being honest with God and ourselves and others as the, the, the starting point to all spiritual battle, which is the belt of truth. So that's the belt of truth we talked about first, the first part of the armor. Next one is responding to that truth that God shows us about his will for our lives in righteous living by living uprightly, living according to his will, living by his word, which is the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about that. The next one, which is what we talked about last week, is understanding and readily sharing the gospel message. Now, what is the gospel? That's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's sharing with others what Jesus has done for us, that Jesus was sacrificed for us. He paid the price for the wrong that we committed. So we committed sin. Jesus took the, paid the price for that sin, even though he committed no sin. He paid the price for us. So we need to have an under, a firm understanding of what the gospel is and what it means for us. This message of grace. Those are the shoes of the gospel of peace. All right? So right now we've got the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And point number four, the majority of our spiritual battle doesn't need to go beyond our regular practice of living out our position in Christ by faith. Did you know that? The majority of the spiritual battle that we're going to be fighting against are those things that we talked about, the battlefield of the mind. Doubt creeps in and you push against it. Uh, accusations creep in. I can't believe you did that. What kind of Christian are you? Nobody's going to look up to you now. Nobody's going to believe that you're a Christian now because you did this, whatever. Those accusations come, and we need to understand that there is no condemnation in Christ for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? So when those things come against you, we need to understand that the vast majority of our spiritual battle We'll be living those things out, those daily things out, okay? Understanding our position in Christ. Practicing Paul's metaphor of putting on spiritual armor that protects us from the ongoing attacks that Satan tries to bring to us. So, you're wearing your spiritual armor, and yet you find, out yourse- you find yourself bombarded by a direct spiritual opposition. Now, here's the next part we're going to talk about. The next parts of the armor we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks are offensive things, Okay? So, so far we've talked about the breastplate, which protects us. We've talked about the belt of truth, which holds this stuff together. And we've talked about the shoes uh, of the gospel of peace. We've talked about things that are defensive, hold our position. I believe what God has told me. I believe the message. I believe, and I want to live by what God has told me. Here's my ground. Here's what God has given me, and I'm going to stand for it, okay? The next things we're going to talk about are offensive. Offensive. These are the things where we bring the attack to the enemy. We bring it to the enemy. Does that make sense? Because you can hold back. You can hold back, but you can only do that for so long. At some point, you've got to take the fight to the enemy, right? Right? So, Ephesians 6, verse 16, we see in addition to these that we just mentioned, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, in addition to these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. The shield of faith. Now, see here. I had a something in my office. Hey, Riley, come here, buddy. Now, has everybody, anybody ever heard of a of a Roman phalanx, the Roman shield, not the Greek shields, not the circles, you know that we see in uh, no, what's the what's the what's the what's the Greek one? Yeah, Spartans. Yeah, the Spartans. That'd be a good one too. All right, so hold this up for me. I know this is bad because it's not exactly a shield. I wish I could have a real shield. Now, here's what I want you to picture. I want you to try to picture this. In right. your- <laughs> you just hold it from the top there. I want you to try picture this in your mind. Okay, a Roman shield was not just the circle shield that we see that, that was popularized by the Greeks, the Greek warriors, okay? A Roman shield, which would have been the shield that Paul referred to when he was giving us this list of armor, all right? A Roman shield, that's getting heavy on you already, isn't it? And the Roman shield was heavier than that. It goes all the way practically to the ground. So a Roman shield would have been from here down to the ground, and it had a little bit of a curve to it, okay? It was made of uh, iron, and it had several layers to it. Okay. It had a layer of iron, which is obviously the front part, real sturdy, real solid. It had, a, a, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a layer of wood and then a layer of leather. It okay. had multiple layers to this shield. This shield was legit. It also had, now listen to this, it also had hooks, which we could build this out, this, this illustration out even further than Paul did. But it also had hooks on the side. And what the soldiers would do is they would come up. Now, granted, they were coming up against enemies with these long spears right? Because the popular way to battle at that time was to basically, you'd have your shield, but you'd have spears out and you'd have layers of people. So you'd have these spears and they're marching forward in long formation, right? The Romans did it a little bit differently. Their shields were huge and they actually locked together. So imagine two Roman soldiers here with these massive shields. They're locked together. The soldier behind them pops their shield on top. It literally looked like a, a, a turtle marching through but now listen to this. When the, when the enemy would fire their arrows, when they would throw their spears, it would, it would stick into this shield, and this shield would legit <laughs> stop it. Did I hit your head on that? <laughs> this shield would legit stop it. Thank you very much. So they had pretty incredible, their shield was, it was amazing, okay? Here's what else the enemy would do. The enemy would literally dip their arrows, dip their arrows in like an oil substance, light them on fire, and let them ride. So they would have these burning arrows coming through. Now, what else their shield did, because of the multiple layers, What, as soon as those arrows would hit, it would put them out. It would extinguish them. Thank you. Yes. Did you just find that? I literally downloaded that today and forgot to give that to you. Do you see how their shields are locked together? This illustration is absolutely incredible. Paul had so much built into this. Look, we, each of us, have the shield of faith. All right, which we're going to dig into here in just a second. The shield of faith. Now, when two or more are gathered together, what does the Bible say is going to happen? Where one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. When we gather together in faith, we can do exponentially more than we can do on our own. If I have this Roman shield, right, one of those shields, which is awesome, I can stop. I can do quite a bit. I can push forward, I can block attacks, but when you hook a bunch of those together, then you are nearly unstoppable. This is why the Roman Empire was, took over so much land and took over and did so much because their soldiers had the equipment and the training they needed to just literally lay waste to every enemy that would come against them. Nobody had seen fighting styles and equipment like this up to this time, absolutely incredible. You can keep that picture up there, John. So this is the the picture that Paul is painting for us. When the enemy comes against us, we need to lift up the shield of faith and push against. Stop those fiery darts. Now, the shield of faith is our absolute confidence in God, his promises, his power, and his plan for our lives. Now, what is that? You only know those things if you are in the Word of God, if you look and read and spend time in the Word of God because these are the promises that God wants us to know. This is the training. I can give anybody in this room a super cool shield that the Romans had, and yet if you had no training, if you didn't know how to properly use it, it would be, it would be so much less effective than it would be if somebody with proper training. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Put it in today's terms, if I ever send you out on the battlefield with an M16, it's going to do some damage, but it's not going to do the right kind of damage. You're going to be all over the place. You're not going to be able to control it. You're not going to be able to aim it very well. You're probably going to get yourself killed because you don't have the training that you need to operate this weapon, this equipment, right? This is what Paul's talking about. The shield of faith requires that we know the promises of God, require that we know and have confidence in God and his promises for us. The purpose of this faith is to quench those fiery darts. I'm going to give you a a, a quick example. Now, we've talked about some of the darts and things that the enemy will come against us, doubt, uh, depression, anger, all these different things. We've talked about that, and that's all still valid. But has anybody, one of the things that that, um, can come against us is fear, terror, dread a severe anxiety. I have never seen so much anxiety in students of your age than I have over the last few years. I'm telling you what, like, it seems like half of y'all are dealing with some type of an anxiety, whether it's a social anxiety or what, and stuff just comes on you like that. I had one particular student that had, and this was a few years ago, that had, sometimes had issues driving because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he had these panic attacks, just out of nowhere. And you will not be able to convince me that these were not some type of a demonically inspired attack because it seemed like, I don't have any written record of this, but it seemed like every time he was starting to take some steps forward in his walk of faith, in his relationship with God, some, one of these attacks would happen and he would just set himself back. He would feel down, he would feel depressed, he'd feel like, where am I going, what's it all about? My home life sucks, this is terrible. You know what I mean? Like anytime it seems like he's making some steps forward, some progression forward, there would be an attack that comes against him, all right? This is why it's so important that we are ready with our shield of faith, okay? Let me give you an example, another example. When I was, before I was saved, I used to really enjoy watching horror movies, all right? it's a handful in particular that I really liked, Friday the 13th. I do not recommend these movies, and I hope you do not watch them if you haven't already. They're just, they're, first of all, they're just bad movies. They're just terrible movies. They were not, the acting was terrible, the writing was terrible, it was just horrible, and as a kid, that's part of what made them fun for me to watch. I mean these are just terrible movies, they're just almost laughable. But anyway, but they were they had some gore and they had some just nasty stuff to them, right? And so as I got older and when I when I got saved, I just the, the desire to watch these movies just I don't know if it's because I, I was mature and just like, okay, these are dumb, I don't like these kind of movies anymore. Started watching more mature movies like Marvel movies and superhero stuff. <laughs> anyway. But these horror movies just didn't have the same appeal to me, okay? Well, one night, uh, I decided I was flipping through the channels and saw a zombie movie that had just come out. It's fairly recent. I do not care for zombie movies. That is not my genre at all. I am mean, like, like Walking Dead, stuff like that, that just does not appeal to me whatsoever. It's just, I just find it dumb. I, just, <laughs> I find it trite. But the actor and the plot for this particular movie kind of interested me a little bit because I had seen the previews, I would read up a little bit about it, because uh, whatever. And so it was on TV. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna check it out. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna check it out. So I watched this movie. Had some jumping moments to it, and the and and the plot was pretty decent. The acting was really good. So by and all, uh, as far as like a plot and acting and stuff like that, was a decent movie. Now the content of the movie, not so much. I knew it was fake. I knew it was not real. Obviously, there's not, you know, zombies. This is not a real thing, okay? This was just a movie, and as I'm watching it, I know this. Hey, guys, listen. As I'm watching this, I know this. Now, I go to bed that night, and as I'm trying to drift off into sleep, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these, like, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't think, Ashley, I don't think I ever even told you about it. I may have. Just out of nowhere, this, like, tangible weight of fear came against me. All of a sudden, certain parts of this movie would just flash on my head and just literally like you'd feel a weight. It was weird. I had never felt anything like that before and I don't think I've ever felt it since. It was a literal weight and I started hearing sounds outside our bedroom. Not like, you know, these guttural groans or anything like that. Nothing silly like that but just like pops and clicks and just, you know, any sound that probably a house would normally make but as this fear is pressing against me, this terror is building up for just whatever. You know, I'm getting flashes of this stuff in my head, and I'm trying to, you know, how you do? You try to ignore it. You try to be like, okay, whatever. I'm going to sleep, and all this. I just literally felt the weight. My body. I felt hot. I mean, it was just. It's the weirdest thing. I wish I could just describe. I wish I could do it justice describing it to you. But it was like the most ter- terrifying thing that I've ever felt, and it was just. It felt tangible. I could feel it. It was weird. It was horrible. I'm just like, oh my gosh, what the heck? What the heck? I had opened a door. For that, Even though I know that stuff's not real, it's just a movie, I had opened a door to something, and I felt it. I felt it. What did I have to do? I had to speak the Word of God. I had to speak the Word of God. Second Timothy 1.7. I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit there, Johnny. 2 Timothy 1.7. <clears throat> For God has not given us, or when I quoted this scripture, I quoted it literally in bed that night to myself, God has not given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, or other translations say a sound mind. And I would quote this over myself. I quoted this over myself. I knew this verse, and here's why I knew it. Number one, because this is a verse that that I've used before with our children. Abigail used to be scared of whatever the dark or whatever like that. I don't remember. She used to hear stuff or whatever. Just little kid stuff. And so I would have her quote this verse. It says, sweetheart, what does the Bible say about fear? And she'd say it back to me because we did it a number of times. Daddy, the Bible says that uh, God does not give us a spirit of fear but peace, love, and a sound mind. Yeah, baby girl, that's exactly what God gives us. So anything that you're dealing with that makes you afraid, that's not from God. And we need to stand against that. Okay, daddy, okay, daddy. We do that a couple times. And eventually, she doesn't call, she doesn't call for me anymore because she's scared. It's because she wants a drink of water or because she's not tired and doesn't want to go to bed or whatever. But we got, there's a little bit of season there, but we fought against it. We held that shield up. We knew what God's word says. In 2 Timothy 1.7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, and we put that shield up, we quenched those darts, and we fought against it. Does that make, is this making sense to you guys? All right? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go off on just a, just a slight tangent here, specifically regarding these scary movies. All right? Now, I open, the, I open myself up to that because of that particular movie. All right? There are movies out there, that I would never even attempt to watch. There's, I'm not even going to name them. I mean, there's literally, I'm I'm not joking, every week or two, it seems like, it's not even, it used to be, it used to be they'd release a couple of these movies during Halloween, October, you know, September, October, they'd release these scary movies because they know around Halloween time, people are kind of in the mood to see this stuff, and so they'll go flock to the theaters. Literally, every week or two, we see these movies released. You know, movies that talk about just these, you know, spirits and witchcraft and, you know, haunted houses and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like this is just, it's it, it, honest to goodness is not good. It opens the door to so much nasty things coming into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit. Does that make sense? And I'm not saying that just because of the experience that I had with that one goofy movie. I'm talking about when you watch the previews for these, when they come on TV and I see a preview, I'm like, Good night. Who would go and just sit through something like this? Like, good. I, I understand there's a little bit of adrenaline in being scared. I get that. I understand that. Okay? But there's a difference between uh, a little bit of adrenaline being scared, like on, a, like on a roller coaster or something like that, getting your heart pumping, and the adrenaline that you get by literally being terrified. You know what I mean? One more quick story. A friend of mine and I went to see a movie uh, when I was in high school. It was called The Blair Witch Project. Probably tame by today's standards. This was almost, good gracious, this is almost 20 years ago. We went and saw this in the theater, right? Super rough cut movie. It was like it was all done from a, well, it wouldn't be a cell phone then, but you know what I'm saying? It was all done from just, like, it was almost like that kind of thing. Like it was just, they did it. It was no production value. I mean, this is like one of the cheapest movies ever made, and it did also in box office because people wanted to go and see it and be scared, okay? The entire way home, my friend and I are like looking in the cornfields. Like, literally, we sat out and we just, we didn't, I didn't want to go to bed that night. You know, I'm like a junior or senior in high school here, all right? This movie, like, just kind of, just really kind of scared me a little bit. I didn't have that same experience with the whole terror thing. That's also because I don't think I was saved when I went to see that movie. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I was saved. I certainly didn't know a whole lot better. I'm not recommending any of the I don't, do, do not, now listen to me, listen to me. Do not, I'm simply giving you, I'm simply giving you an example from my life. I'm not saying that you should go check this stuff out. What I'm telling you to do is to not check this stuff out because this stuff will open you up to some nasty things, all right? And that's what I'm trying to get across to you here. The enemy will use these tactics, the enemy will use these things to fire these darts against you, to bring fear and terror into your life, to bring condemnation and doubts into your life. You'll start doubting. Um, uh, An example that I heard here recently was a young man, who, uh, fairly newly married. Uh, he and his wife were, were chilling and watching a movie one night, just an like old movie, not a scary movie or nothing, like just an old movie. His wife falls asleep, and he just looks down at his wife, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this incredible sense of, your wife's gonna die. She's gonna die, she's gonna die. He said it felt like he literally just got this like horrible cancer report, and that she, within the next day or so she was gonna die. This all started flooding his mind. And just out of, seemingly out of nowhere, Has anybody ever been doing something and, like, out of nowhere you'll have a thought race through your head? Yeah. Yeah, so have I. I'll be sitting there spending time in the Word of God, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'll have a thought run through my head and completely derail any kind of, like, you know, good time I was having in the Word or good prayer time I was having because these thoughts just out of nowhere, okay? So this gentleman is sitting there. He's just kind of looking down at his wife. He's like, oh, man, you know, I love her so much. And out of nowhere, it's like, you're going to lose her. She's going to die. What are you going to do? How could God take her from you? I mean, like literally, he said within this, within seconds, all this stuff is racing through his head. And so he asked a pastor, "What is that? What's going on?" And the pastor said, "That's spiritual warfare." And the guy's like, how, "What do I? I mean, what do I do about it? like? How do you fight that?" And so he begins to talk to him about some of this stuff that we're talking about today: knowing God's word, knowing where we stand in our relationship with Jesus Christ, and where we stand in our position as children of God and holding up those promises as our shield of faith, all right? Holding up those promises. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but peace, love, and a sound mind. If, God's trying, or if uh, the enemy is trying to bring fear against you, you hold up that verse and you stand against it. You allow that shield of faith, the promise of God's word, that you are confident and you are confident and you know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I know that I know that God has not given me a spirit of fear. I know what God has given me. He has given me a spirit of peace, love, and a sound mind. God has given me a spirit of power. I am powerful through Christ Jesus. Boom, boom, you're stopping those darts. Boom, boom, you're stopping those accusations, those doubts, those fears that are trying to come against you. All right? This is the battle we're talking about here. We need to have these things at the Ready? Because I can almost guarantee you, if an attack comes, you're not gonna be thinking clearly enough to be looking through scripture trying to figure something out. We kinda of need to have, we know. you know. I'm not saying you need to memorize the Bible from cover to cover. I'm simply saying you need to know where you stand in Christ. You need to know what God wants for you, what God has for you. We need to trust in God's character, his promises, and his plans and timing. Jeremiah 29, 11, we hear it, gradu- we hear it around graduation time every single year, it's almost cliche. And yet it's a very real promise of God. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future, to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God's plan is not to harm us. God has an awesome plan for our lives. So if you start to hear doubt in your mind, like, okay, I didn't get accepted to the college that I wanted to go to. What am I supposed to do? I don't understand what's going on here. The devil starts bringing these doubts to your mind and starts to make you afraid and starts to put you in doubt of God's plan for your life. You say, no, I know what the Word says. The Word says that God has planned an awesome plan for my life, a plan, a a hope, and a future. God wants to prosper me. God loves me unconditionally. These are the things that we hold up our shield of faith. These are the things that we hold up against those things that the enemy would try to bring against us. I'm going to read you this real quick, and then uh, worship team, you guys can make your way on up. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. Do not love this world or the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. It's an either-or thing, people. Verse 16. For the world offers only the craving of physical pleasure. Listen to this. A craving for everything we see. The lust of the eyes. I want, I want, I want. And pride in our achievements and possession. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. This world, the enemy. Everybody stand up. When we talk about spiritual warfare, when we talk about putting on our armor, we have to have an understanding of what is coming from God and what the enemy is trying to push against us. We have to have an understanding of where we stand in our relationship with Christ Jesus. We have to have an understanding of what God says about us. Just like that example I gave with God has not given us a spirit of fear. You need to have some of these ready to go. If there's something in your life you're dealing with, something the enemy's trying to throw against you, man, have some scriptures ready to go so that when those things come against you, you can put that shield up and stand in faith. But don't forget that shield is in addition to the other armor that we need to put on on a regular basis. We need to have a firm understanding of the gospel, that good news that Jesus Christ came and died for us. He came to save us and set us free from that chain, the bondage of sin and death. Sin and death. We can't break it ourselves. Jesus had to come and break that for us. So we need to have a firm understanding of the gospel we need to understand the truth of God's word we need to be honest with God and be honest with ourselves about what we're struggling with what we, what we need and we need to live according to what God has told us to do and put on that breastplate of righteousness live an upright lifestyle right make good decisions think things through before we act, before we speak before we lash out live the way God wants you to live upright with a servant's heart, with a thankful heart, knowing what God has for you is good. So as we worship tonight, as we worship tonight, anybody in this room that needs prayer because you need to stand against something, something's coming against you, you don't have to give me any details. God knows what you're going through, what you're going, uh, what's coming against you. Come up here, I'm gonna pray with you. If you want to, if you have never received a free gift of salvation, if you say, Matt, I I kind of understand where you're coming from with this, but I don't know what, I've never never prayed that prayer of salvation, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart, I've never received that free gift of salvation. I want you to come up tonight, I wanna pray with you. I'm gonna pray with you and lead you in that prayer to receive Jesus and receive that free gift that he so amazingly gave for us. And then next, if you have been saved, if you are a believer, if you are part of the family of God and yet, Maybe you stumbled back. Maybe there's some things that you're you're just not serving Him like you know you should, and you just kind of want to rededicate and kind of get a fresh start. I'll pray with you over that, too. All right? Because I want you to leave. Before you leave out those doors tonight, I want you to know not only where you stand with God, but how you stand with God and what you are entitled to as a child of God. Okay? So if that's you tonight, I want you to come up here as we worship together.